This bank crisis has been a gift that keeps on giving this month. The Deutsche Bank is the latest bank on that list to get hammered because it actually decided to redeem a tier two bond earlier than planned. And this was supposed to send a message to investors that Deutsche Bank's balance sheet is actually strong and there is nothing to be worried about. But bank investors don't want to hear anything right now, anything good or anything bad. So welcome to the new week with Swiss Codes Daily market talk. So the market sentiment at this week's open is quite mixed as Deutsche Bank is the latest bank that came in focus last Friday and for a reason that's totally unreal or irrational because the bank just said on Friday that it will actually redeem a tier 2 subordinated bond earlier than planned. And boom! That was it. The Deutsche Bank shares dived 12% within the session before closing the Friday session some 8% lower. Yet, normally, I say normally, this announcement, this move, was supposed to restore investors' confidence regarding Deutsche Bank's balance sheet, giving these investors that message of, you know, look, I don't need this money, so I am giving this money back. I am redeeming these bonds earlier than previously planned. So no one could really explain what happened there and why uh, Deutsche Bank got so severely hit. The bank's CDS, so the cost of insurance against a potential collapse, spiked, and investors just re-stepped into a panic mode. So why Deutsche Bank got punished this severely is anyone's guess at this point. It's quite a clear thing that we are not really in a period of calm and in a period of serenity regarding the banks since a couple of weeks now that we know. The failure of a couple of banks, uh, both in the US and in Europe, including the Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse here in Switzerland, has obviously gotten the investors' nerves very, very tense uh, over the past couple of weeks, especially knowing that the central banks, major central banks around the world are now up and rising their interest rates to fight an inflation that hit a multi-decade high level. So despite the bank stress on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean, we know that both the Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, the Bank of England and the Swiss National Bank haven't refrained from hiking their interest rates over the past two weeks, maybe adding to not necessarily on the health of the bank's balance sheets, but on worries and on stress regarding the health of the bank's balance sheet. So it really looks like right now, this time, the banking crisis is more of a confidence crisis rather than a fact-based panic, as it was clearly the case back in 2007, 2008 subprime crisis when banks really, really had a bunch of toxic assets in their balance sheets and that obviously spurred an understandable and rational financial stress. So today, as I say, it's not quite the same situation. It's a confidence crisis and not a fact-based crisis, but confidence is obviously the bread and butter of the banking sector. And well, watching the 166-year-old Swiss bank credit Swiss go under last week did no good to anyone's nerves last Monday. So maybe that's also why we see the stress on Deutsche Bank after 
the announcement of last Friday which should have been normally a good thing. So therefore, even though Mr. Powell, Madame Lagarde, Mr. Bailey and Mr. Jordan actually kept their monetary policy stance unchanged uh, over the past weeks, despite the mounting stress in banks across the globe, well, if other banks, the size of Deutsche Bank, for example, get actually sucked in uh, this confidence crisis in the banking sector, well, we could actually see the interest rate expectations for the major central banks point more seriously at a pivot in this tightening monetary policies and rising interest rates. Because look, the German two-year yield fell on Friday, obviously, on Deutsche Bank stress, and the US two-year yield tanked to 3.55%. That's the lowest level since last September. Activity on Fed funds futures gives more than 85% chance for a no-rate hike in FOMC's May meeting. And the Federal Reserve's Neil Kashkari, who was a dove-turned-hawk with this rising inflation in the US, said that while this recent banking turmoil actually does increase the risk of a recession in the US. And who says recession, well, says interest rate cuts as well. So yes, at this point, it still looks impossible for the Fed to start cutting the interest rates in a couple of months from now, looking at the inflation levels. But impossible is nothing. Today, besides the Federal Reserve, the Bank of Canada and the Reserve Bank of Australia are also seen as central banks that could actually rapidly go back to cutting the interest rates. And the European Central Bank could well be the next on that list as the euro dollar got actually hit with the freshly emerging Deutsche Bank stress last Friday. Well, actually, the pair fell to 107.13 level on Friday after it was preparing to flirt with the 110 offers last week. And that was on the back of persistently hawkish European Central Bank and increasingly dovish Federal Reserve expectations. But if stress over Deutsche Bank gets worse, actually, or in the European banks, well, we could well see the European Central Bank rate hike expectations hammered as well, and that could put the single currency under a renewed selling pressure, a renewed downside pressure. The first important support in the euro dollar is seen near the 50-day moving average, which stands near the 107.25 level, and a major support is seen into the 105 psychological level, which has actually been tested three times since February this year, but which has prevented the euro from falling to a key major Fibonacci support. That support is actually the 38.2% Fibonacci support, and that would call the end of the euro's positive trend against the US dollar. Now, we are not there just yet, but we also know that when banks are involved, while well, the changes in market mood and investment sentiment could happen very, very quickly. Look at the US two-year yield. I mean, the two-year yield in the US went from above 5% to almost 3.5% in just two weeks' time. So the funny thing here is many, including myself, we're expecting a rally in the first quarter of this year in bonds, especially sovereign bonds. We got the rally final that we were looking for, although we wouldn't really imagine that the rally, the latter, would actually kick in just a few final weeks of the quarter. But, you know, many people who bet on bonds this quarter couldn't really complain. Now, of course, the dovish swing in major central bank expectations, except for the Bank of Japan, of course, which can not really go more dovish than it already is, as it is now the only major central bank on the face of this earth that has not touched its interest rates just yet and that still has 
negative policy rates right now. Well, uh, these dovish central bank expectations, except the Bank of Japan, are obviously supportive for the yen, not because the Japanese yen is a safe haven currency, but simply because this dovish other central bank expectations now simply reduce that gap between the Bank of Japan, the very relaxed Bank of Japan, and the other. So the dollar yen is now testing the 130 support to the downside and could very well clear it depending on how much more stress is waiting for the market in the next few days and next few weeks of trading. But if you are looking for the best performing assets of the actual bank crisis, well, I would say just constantly their gold, which gained almost $200 per ounce since the Silicon Valley Bank debacle. And well, of course, Bitcoin, which gained something like $10,000 US per coin during the same period of time. And well, for equities, it now looks like these falling yields across the board overweigh the recession fears. Even though, even though, and that's interesting, these falling yields are actually falling due to the mounting recession worries, which are obviously triggered by the actual banking crisis, which should restrict credit and credit availability. So I must tell that I am still a bit surprised to actually see the stocks and the stock indices navigate this well and this relax this banking turmoil. Yes, the stock 600 index lost 1.37% on Friday. Thank Thanks to the Deutsche Bank sell-off. And yes, the S&P 500 looked ugly on Friday's open, but the index finally managed to end Friday's session some point 50% higher and above its 200-day moving average and actually closed the week with gains for the second week in a row. So that's actually not too bad, given that there is a banking crisis going on right now. Anyway, besides the banks, well, we will still keep an eye on a couple of important economy data points this week. And that including the latest GDP and the latest PC update from the US and the fresh inflation estimate for the Eurozone, for Australia and for Japan. We will see whether they will matter or not. So this is all for today. I'm Ipekos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me this Monday. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading